APU. American Public University is proud to present Leading Forward. Welcome to our podcast today. I'm your host, Marie Gould Harper. Today, we are going to talk about living life to the fullest. We have a returning guest, Ms. Christine Shaw. This is our final episode in the series of yoga and wellness. Christine is an enthusiastic innovator and entrepreneur, always looking to guide people to trust their intuition and heal from stress, anxiety, depression, trauma, and life situations so they can thrive in life. She has over 40 years experience in the wellness and fitness industry and thousands of hours teaching yoga. She is the owner of Liberty Yoga Studio in Newark, Delaware since 2012. Christine created Yes, Yoga for Emotional Support. After experiencing painful and challenging emotional situations, when her daughter struggled with substance use disorder, from the age of 12 to 19, and when she married a man who lived with the effects of unresolved childhood trauma. She turned to yoga to help navigate and relieve her own pain and stress, and it has helped her to move forward and thrive in the face of difficult life situations. Christine, welcome back to our podcast, and thank you for joining me. Hi, Marie. I'm so happy to be back here with another session with you. Great. I'm very excited about the topic today. I think we should just jump into it. It's one of my favorite sayings, so I'm very interested in hearing what you have to say. How did you get the idea for this particular topic? So the topic today is, whatever happens, I don't mind. The ultimate practice for a happy life. So I got this because one of my favorite teachers, spiritual teachers, Eckhart Tolle, he tells a story of this other spiritual teacher, Jidha Krishnamurti, and he traveled the world continuously for more than 50 years, just conveying his message to people of being kind and passionate. And at one of his talks in a later part of his life, he surprised the audience by saying, do you want to know my secret, right? The secret to his longevity, to his calm nature. And everyone, you know, was excited to hear that the audiences had been coming to him for years and years, and they still kind of failed to grasp the essence of his teaching. So finally, after all these years, He's going to give them the secrets, right? The key. And he said, here's my secret. I don't mind what happens. And so Eckhart Tolle says, you know, for me, whatever happens can be a source of inspiration. And so we use that whatever's happening around us as a tool. So we might wonder, how can we possibly get to this state where whatever happens, I don't mind. So another favorite teacher is Pema Chodron, and she's this Buddhist nun, and she does a lot of talks on this thing called don't bite the hook. This means that as humans, we tend to grasp onto things. You know, we have our likes and our dislikes. And in yoga, we call them, you know, attachments and aversions. What do we really feel like we need to have in our lives? And what do we definitely don't want? And those kinds of attachments and aversions can be fuel for not being in this state of whatever happens, I don't mind. 
So in the last podcast we had, we had practiced this PMR, progressive muscle relaxation, where we alternately tensed and relaxed our muscles. And so that practice helps us to have an awareness of where we were and what we were holding on to or what we were resisting, same kind of idea. So that was a good practice. In life, we can choose our responses, like how are we gonna respond to the things that show up? We can either be open to that difficult situation that's presented to us, and it can help us to be more compassionate and wise, and we can use it for this opportunity to grow, to become more wise, more loving, more compassionate, or we can become more afraid, more reactive in our lives. And so this thing about the hook, you know, so many people think that the hook is like an external thing, but really it's inside of us, things that are simply the way they are, that's going on in our environment, but then we have this certain relationship to them based on our own past programming that creates that hook, the attachment. So the hook is where your attention goes, right? Where we want to grasp onto. So then we can just ask ourselves, why? Why do I bite this hook? Why am I attached to these things? What is it that I like about it or I don't like about it? And basically just coming back to this present moment and having this internal looking, you know, looking inside to see what's happening right now within me. And then to say, now, how am I going to respond to this? Can I respond to it in a peaceful and relaxed kind of way? Yes. And I was trying to think of certain examples that I have done in my life. And the part that I like when you said that some people think of it externally, but a lot of time it's what's within ourselves. And I've found to search inward, I have to have silence externally, if that makes sense. Like to be able to lay in the grass and actually hear the grass. Things are that quiet and you're sensitive to what's around you. And I think that helps you to search what's inside of you and why are certain things at certain levels. Pretty much like you were talking about what I call the dual effect, the the positive and the negative, and to just try to make yourself aware of why those things are going either on the subconscious level or on the conscious level. Yeah, I love that. I love the visual of lying in the grass and listening, like listening to the grass. <laughs> and that's a neat thing to say because everything is energy. And I find that's true for me as well, where I really can't tune into my own energy or even the energies around me when I'm always in this state of like movement. I have to kind of get still and just go inward and notice my breath and the subtle energies right? So our external world is called our proprioception, right? We're aware of our spatial environment, but our internal world is called our interoception, which is an internal reception. And that's a lot, a little quieter. It's subtle, but really paying attention to like our heartbeat, the breath coming in and out, maybe even feeling the blood flowing through your body. And that's that inner knowing, And like, I agree with you, when you get real still, 
that's when that will show up more powerfully. And then we can in tune to our energy. I do a thing at the studio that I own that's called the, a sound bath. Have you ever done a sound bath before, Marie? No, that I have not. Or it could be called a singing bowl concert, right? So I have these singing bowls that are crystal and they're tuned to the different chakras. And when you go to a sound bath experience, you simply lie down in Shavasana, which is your resting pose and allow the sound to like envelop you. And pretty soon the sounds of the bowls and the vibrational energy attunes with your own vibrations inside. And it brings this sense of deep relaxation and peace. It might even bring a sense of something that's unfamiliar. Like, wow, I've never really experienced this before. But it's always I shouldn't say always because, you know, everyone has different experiences. <laughs> Some people that have tinnitus have told me, you know, that that is too much, right, hearing that sound. And then other people with tinnitus say they love it. But that sound vibration, so anything that's, everything's vibrating. So we can get in tune with sounds around us as well, the vibrational energies around us. Yes. And as you were speaking about that, I thought of something. I mean, it ties into a segment of our audience and those human resource professionals that are concerned about employees in the workplace, what could assist them with minimizing conflict? Also being able to focus on being the best that they could be versus worrying about things that may be going on in the outside, such as in the home and what is going on in the job, whether that's being worried about a promotion. What are some of your suggestions based on what we've been talking about today that could assist people who cannot rest their mind to have a sense of peace? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I like the sentence you said about minimizing conflict. So minimizing conflict at the workplace, at home, wherever we're going about our day. But really, the minimizing of conflict goes on within our mind, within our own self, where we're like, why am I having conflict with this? So to answer your question, I think it's more of a of finding an awareness. Like just being aware is a really important first step. So we can just be going off and letting our emotions drive us, right? There's a good quote that I like to say, which is, emotions make good navigators, but not good drivers, right? You don't want them to put them in the driver's seat, but they can, they're there, they're important to help us to navigate what's going on and how to then choose the right response for ourselves. A lot of times people choose a response or something based on what they think somebody else wants or needs or that kind of thing. And I, I teach a lot about self-care. That's all what yes is about. And a lot of people think that when they're taking care of themselves, that looks like taking care of somebody else, like first. And I always say, no, take care of you first. What is it that you need in this moment? And once you do that, then the conflict can be resolved, I would say, a little easier, whether it's at work or home or wherever. And we may have said this in one of the earlier episodes, but just a refresher or a recap on the importance of taking care of self before you try to reach out and take care of someone else. It's almost like trying to or attempting to 
I was going to use a geographic location, but it's like if you were in Washington, D.C., and you're trying to get to New York, New York, and you are on E in D.C., so you're not going to make it to New York because you're empty. And I think that sometimes we have people who are empty, but they look at all the tasks that they have to complete during the day, and everything seems to be a priority, but they're operating off of fumes. When you were talking about being on empty, it reminded me of the idea of maybe making a list of what are the things, what are the activities, what are the emotions, what are the people, what are the situations that are draining of your energy and what are filling up your bucket or inspiring. And it would be really a good exercise to just write those things down. Like whenever I'm around this person, I really feel drained because they talk a lot or they complain or whatever it is. And whenever I'm around this person or in this situation, that is uplifting to me. And so we can be on, not on empty all the time. And if we have so many tasks, we can just get clear, get clarity on what is the most important thing for me to do right now, whether it's a task or, or giving myself a little rest or pausing to eat food, right? Like go outside, sit in the grass, eat some food rather than sitting at the desk and trying to nibble on something while you're working. That just can be stress-inducing, just that right there. You're like, I got to rush. I got to eat fast. And I got I to gotta do all this work. So I don't have a time to stop and take care of me. What are you talking about? <laughs> as you've worked with individuals, have you found people such as myself and getting individuals like me to calm our mind and to really live in the present? You know, here's a thing that really helps, and that's just sitting still. You could try it now. We might have even done this practice in an earlier session, but it really works for me. Is to just sit still and focus all of your awareness on one body part. So pick a body part right now. You could have your eyes open or closed. It could be your hands. It could be the crown of your head, your forehead center, any place on your body. And see if you can hold your attention, your full 100% attention on that spot in your body. Now we may be able to do it for three seconds <laughs> before the mind starts to go off again, but that's the start of the practice to just give your awareness, your full attention to one thing. And you can say to yourself, this is my time to do this quieting my mind, this meditation, because we can start thinking in our head like, oh, wait, my to-do list or this or that, that's going to come in there. And then you say, ah, this is my time for meditation. It's only going to be, and you could set a timer, five minutes. That's it. And this is what I'm doing now. And so just a little bit of time to just sit quietly, meditate, quiet your mind. So when your mind goes off to a thought, and it will, and then you notice that and you bring it back to stillness or to your breath, that right there, that's meditation. That little gap between going off and saying, oh, I just let my mind wander and coming back, bringing it back. So that's a practice we could do anytime. Like you could sit in your car from task to task. You're like, okay, I'm going to this next meeting or whatever you're doing and say, I'm going to take one minute right now before I start the car 
and do that practice. One minute, doesn't take that long. And then when you get to the place, pause, turn the car off, one minute, sit, quiet your mind. So the more that we can practice it on a regular basis, so a lot of people think you need to sit down in your little meditation room with your cushion and be there for 30 minutes or something. No, you don't have to do that. But if you say, I'm going to have a regular practice every day, every time I go to do the next task, I'm going to pause for a minute and do this little practice. It's really helpful. I think you've summed it up and that's what's really good. I believe you are right when you say individuals, when they think of these type of techniques, that they have to be completed in a certain place, a certain way. But you are giving practical examples of what we can do pretty much anywhere we are. And given any situation, what works best for us to get through any type of challenge. That's right. And those are present awareness, present moment practices. Just being present. How can I be present? Marie, I was thinking about something I wanted to share that happened yesterday. We had our recorded session and when we were finished, you and me and Bob, the audio engineer, were, were chatting a little bit. And we were talking about what our topic for today was, whatever happens, I don't mind. And Bob shared the best analogy. And I asked him, I'm like, can I share that on our you know, theme topic today? So he mentioned this thing called the audio compressor. And he said they use it for recording and how it helps to reduce the dynamic range of sound, you know, which is the span between the loudest sounds and the softest sounds. And so he described it as no matter how loud or soft a sound comes in, what comes out is consistent. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's just what we're talking about. And so in our lives, it's a great analogy for managing and cultivating our own inner equilibrium. We could have our own inner audio compressor. <laughs> or in yoga, we can use the words like homeostasis or equanimity, all the systems of our body and our mind working together with this inner state of harmony. So just like the audio analogy, anything that comes in our experience, whether it be really loud, you know, like a person who's yelling because they're angry or soft, like the beauty of nature or a shy person maybe trying to reach us and seek connection, we can stay consistent in our responses, neither going way over here or way down here, and just keep content in the face of anything that arises. So, Bob, thank you. I'm going to use that analogy. Yes. <laughs> I know it was special. It was like you could use it any place in any type of conversation and everybody will understand what you're talking about. That's right. And whatever comes into our experience, we have an opportunity to process it. We're like the little computer processor. And the reason that it's difficult for so many people is that we process it based on our past experiences. And they might not have been so great. And we learned some certain things, you know, when we were growing up that don't serve us in this day and now that we're an adult, they served us when we were a child. But now that we're adult, these little ways that we coped with things don't. So it is understandable that based on our experiences, our responses are going to be different. One person might have one response and another person over here would have a totally different one. But I also like this 
quote that Wayne Dyer said, or he was speaking in front of a crowd of people, right? And he asked them this question. He said, what comes out when you squeeze an orange? Does apple juice come out? Does grapefruit juice come out? No, orange juice comes out. Whatever is inside the orange is what's coming out. And so then he equated that with people. So when people get squeezed, squeezed by the stuff of life or the difficulties that are in their lives, what comes out? Whatever's in there. So if what's in there is frustration and anger and rage, that's what's going to come out when they get squeezed, when life is like tightening up on them, when difficult stuff comes. So we can work on saying, you know, what I'd really like to come out is this calm, peaceful way of responding no matter what happens. I like that analogy too. And I was thinking of a group of people taking it back to the workplace. I know individuals who, their employee relations, part of their job is the conflict resolutions. And what you just stated is a very helpful way of thinking of things when interacting with people that you're not sure what's going on inside. And by not knowing what's going on inside of a person, you're kind of handicapped to how to neutralize the situation. Because just like you could say something, it may mean one thing to you based off of your experiences, but it may be a trigger word for someone else. That's right. Language is super important. You know, I remember my daughter, she was struggling with substance use disorder, and this can relate to the workplace too. And I always would try to give her so much advice. And it never seemed to work. She would always get angry. Or one time I remember saying, oh, a lot of people experience that, that anxiety. And all that meant to her was that, oh, hers didn't matter. I was like blowing it off because, you know, other people experience. And that definitely wasn't my meaning. And so I decided that I was going to, when she was telling me all these conflicts and things, that things that were going on with her and sort of almost wanting me to solve it, I would empathize with her. All right. That's what people really want. They want empathy, but also just understanding. I understand that sounds so challenging what you're going through. And this, again, like I said, could be at the workplace, like really listening to someone, really people just want to be heard. And so empathizing, saying, I understand that must, that sounds like it was really challenging or very frustrating for you. And then saying, what do you think you're going to do about that? And I'll tell you, that sentence worked like a charm. She didn't expect me to do that. She expected me to try to solve it and give her all these things to do. What do you think you're going to do about it? And then you continue with a dialogue. She might be like pondering, I'm not sure what to do, or here's what I've thought I would do. What do you think? And then you can get into more of a back and forth dialogue. But to really first say, what has worked for you in the past to solve this problem? What has worked? And then you can brainstorm and work together. It is time for a break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. At American Public University, we believe that everyone should have access to a great education. It's not a privilege reserved for the few. And we believe higher education must come with lower tuition. Because when more doors open, more lives change. American Public University. Within reach, without limits. Online classes start every month. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. Welcome back. I am speaking today with Christine Shaw with Yes, Yoga for Emotional Support. 
Now let's get back to the podcast. By you providing that example, I was thinking, yes, the true definition of coaching, when you allow the person be responsible for the solutions, you just navigate the process. Yes, that's so great. And and solutions are what we're looking for. A lot of people want to focus on the problem. And there's no solving anything when we're focusing solely on the problem. Like, yes, we have to know what the problem is, but now, okay, based on this, what are some steps we can take? What is the solution going to be? So, you know, I have a practice for today. If we have some time, we could do it. Okay. Yeah, I think we have time for one practice. So it's really about creating this environment. So that's kind of what we're talking about, the inner environment. What does the inner environment look like? And you mentioned it, and we've been talking about it throughout this whole series of some inner stillness, inner quiet. So how can we cultivate that? And a lot of people, it's difficult for them to sit quietly because they just really say, I just cannot turn off this mind. But if they have some sound, like the sound bath, or if they have some guided visualization, that's helpful. Then they can be like, all right, I have something to focus on. And the thing they're going to focus on is creating that inner stillness. So I'm going to take us through a little visualization to help to create inner stillness. Now, this is a nature visualization, and you could do any sort on your own or find lots of recordings that are out there. You know, I really like Insight Timer. It's a great place to go, an, an app that has lots of good guided meditations and trainings and all sorts of stuff on there. So I'm going to take you through this little nature visualization. So find a place right now to really sit comfortably or you can lie down. And let's just start with a focus on the breath. So be really still in your body and begin to notice using your interoception, this breath coming in and going out. Just coming in and going out. Take a long, slow, deep breath in. And a long, slow, full, relaxing exhale breath out. And now we're going to imagine that you're outside on a warm summer or even a fall day. And you're going to go for a walk to a nearby beach that's by a lake or an ocean. So you're going to begin on a trail that takes you through the woods. So you're at the edge of the trail. And the trail actually has a little sand on it and leaves. And you look up and see the canopy of trees above you. And then further above that is the nice blue sky with some puffy white clouds. And you just take that whole visual in. And then a nice cool breeze comes and you can hear it through the trees. And as you walk, you look down and see a few leaves scattered on the ground on top of the sand. So it's a nice cushiony walk through the woods. You can hear birds. You can hear sounds far off in the distance, like the ocean or the lake sound. And as you walk through the woods, you start to see that it's traveling, you're traveling uphill. And as you go uphill, 
it's opening up a little and there are still trees just scattered around. But as it opens up, you're going up and up to more sand. And the sand is warm and welcoming. You can see that it looks soft and you bend down to feel the sand and sure enough, it is very soft going through your hands. And then you keep walking along, just really taking long breaths and enjoying every breath, every moment, all the sights that you see around you. And now you're up higher. So you're seeing out all around to these sand dunes and it starts to become sand as far as you can see as you walk along on the sand dunes they dip down and back up and you marvel at the these shapes that the sand is creating so as you walk some more you can see out over the edge of the sand dunes and way down there's this beautiful lake or ocean you can choose and so you decide that you're going to go down the sand dunes, but right now you're way up high and you can see as far as the eye can see out to the water, some little boats are sailing on the water and birds flying in the sky. And you decide you're going to run down the sand dune to the water. So you're running and running and running and the sensation of the wind blowing in your hair is creating such calm and peace and joy within. So you get to the bottom and here's the water spread out as far as you can see and scattered along the beach are little rocks. And so these rocks are so colorful and beautiful that you bend down to take a look, a closer look. They're all different shades and colors and shapes and you pick a few up to examine and put in your pocket. And now you continue to walk now. You decide, I'm going to take my shoes off so that I can feel the water going through my toes and the sand beneath my toes. So you take your shoes off and start to walk along the water's edge, feeling the water between your toes and lapping up to your ankles and calves. And this wonderful sensation comes over here, the sensation of being present and aware and joyful and peaceful and content. That nothing in this moment is better than this moment, right? This is the moment that you're enjoying. And so you walk a little bit more down the beach as you see more birds, you see some people down walking their dogs and you continue to make your way. And now you decide you're gonna make your way back around this loop back to home and you begin to walk down this sandy path that leads you back to where you started. So now just feel your body and how that visual in nature, nature is so healing and calming and relaxing that you can do this sort of thing in real life. <laughs> Or you can go back to a time where you were experiencing something like that. So I actually just described to you a trip that I took to Michigan to visit some my relatives there. And we went on a walk just like that through the woods, up to the dunes, down to the water. I actually had my dog with me and he was splashing in the water. And I can 
conjure that image right back up because I was so present with it. How was it for you? It allowed me, believe it or not, get rid of a headache. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think since we started our sessions, I'm getting used to some of the techniques. So it's helping me to get rid of some of the things I would normally go to a chiropractor, if that makes sense. Yeah, we can get stuck. That's why a lot of times we need the chiropractor to like crack stuff out of it. But sometimes we can get stuck and it could just be stuck in your looping thinking, or it could be stuck in a, a part of your body that's actually associated with an emotion. So some stuckness can get relieved by a lot of these tools, right? The breathing, the going in, the moving your body in yoga postures, the relaxation, the tensing and relaxing your muscles, a lot of the practices that we've done during this series. Exactly. And that's why it's nice to have all of them to be able to go back over them as the need arises. And I want to thank you for introducing the different techniques. They're very simple, very logical, and very practical. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Another reason why I appreciate you spending the time, there are so many people crying out. They look normal on the outside, but then you hear about some of the things that they're experiencing. And one of the things that I've always said, especially when we hear something tragic, is that I wish I knew. I wish I knew. But sometimes it's so simple to strike up a small conversation and you never know what a person is going through or what could help them at any given moment. So for that, I want to thank you for Techniques not only for ourselves, but to be able to reach and give to other people, especially if we identify there may be a need. That's right. And just being open. I think that that's a good thing to always remember. Am I I open to learning new things? Am I open to other people and other people's opinions? Staying open is a real key to that inner calm and equanimity and harmony. We keep using the word harmony. Can I be open to people and experiences and things? And then to on my own needs, not let that sit on the back burner. I have a friend recently, she had so much loss. She lost her husband and her brother in, in a very short span of time and other losses. And yet the way that she tends to um, kind of manage them is going out and doing more and more for other people. So just like I was saying earlier about draining, we don't want to drain ourselves. We need to be like, I think about a fountain, Marie, where, you know, a fountain is always going out, out, out. So when we pour out all the time, we don't leave ourselves with anything. So we need to make sure we're doing a good balance of pouring out and pouring in. So maybe again with the list, write a list of things that you do to pour in. And hopefully your pouring out and your pouring in list are equal or there's more pouring in. But when we get to the thing where there's too much pouring out, we need to kind of reset, regroup and give ourselves that time that we need. I actually didn't go to a list this time. I went to a glass of water. I physically was doing pouring in, pouring out in my mind. Well, Christine, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your expertise. Do you have any parting words for us? Sure, I do. I I really feel that whenever I share about Yes Class, Yoga for Emotional Support, or workshops and things that I can do with people, 
100% of the people say that's needed. That support, those techniques, helping people to release stress, and especially in these times, but all the time, really, they always say that's something that is very needed. And it's a, a unique program that I've put together because it incorporates lots of different techniques, but mainly sharing the solutions. And we don't focus so much on the problems. We know they are there, but now here's some solutions. Here's some ways that you can move forward and thrive in life. So that's the goal. Great. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. We hope you have had the opportunity to take in some of the things that Christine has shared with us in all of the episodes and that they can provide strength not only to you, but to those around you who may be experiencing depression, trauma, stress, and how you could diffuse the situation. Thank you so much, Marie. It has been my pleasure to work with you. And it was so great. It was serendipitous that we met and said, hey, let's do this podcast because I think a lot of people could really use these practices. We have been speaking with Christine Shaw. This is Marie Gould Harper thanking you for listening to our podcast today. For more information about our university, visit us at studyatapu.com. APU, American Public University.